Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Because other, otherwise you get, you know, the, the, the four-minute countdown and then five on the hands and then Jordan Klein. I, well, I missed the five on the hands. You should give us five on the hands, even on this show. We should go. Th- we should open in three, and you go boom. Oh, hey, what's up, everybody? Right on time. <laughs> uh, yep. Look, I feel like it's going to get blamed on me regardless. So, right on- oh no! Well, it was on. It was one hundred percent me, so it's okay. Um, and now I was going to take responsibility for this. No, I, I'll throw myself under the bus from time to time. I I got up literally fifteen minutes ago. I put my stuff on, and I thought I was in the Zoom meeting. I was not in the Zoom meeting. I wish I had been in the Zoom meeting because then you know I get to see the lovely face that is uh, Adam Share just you know going off about something else that he's upset with with fantasy sports. Yeah, and Josh saying he's not leaving the Zoom room just to be an asshole. So. <laughs> Things happen around here, but if nothing else, guys, it's the holiday season. Please forgive us. And the tone for your sins here on the strategy show. Take one single second. Hit that thumbs up button. Subscribe to the channel. Lift that burden in your life. Feel cleansed. God, I don't, I'm not going to hell for this, right? I mean, it's just a stick. No, I'm. I mean, I'm. I'm the guy over here who just. Uh, I'm feeling extra Scrooge like today. So I. I just. I'm so ready for the holidays to be over with. I would do anything to fast forward to January second right now. So like, anything you say and do is not damning you. For me, I'm just like fuck Christmas. Like that. That there you go. How about that? We'll we'll start our Don't show with do, that. Don't do that. I told you to turn your mindset around. We've got a show to get do, there. Brother. I got this. Man, the concept of hell is terrifying, huh? It really is. But here's the thing. At least there'd be something after. Like, the the most terrifying thing for me would be just have blank nothing. No way. No no way. You wouldn't know. Do you think people in hell know that people would be in heaven? Is that something that's like a qualifier in your mind? I think so, yeah. The idea of burning alive is concerning. But it's the idea of eternity that that scares me the most. The idea of heaven scares me because it's eternal. Because in our lives, our 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 pea brains can't comprehend the can't comprehend what what eternity means, right? It can't, like in our they're lives, not supposed to. They've been right? engineered as such. Exactly. But like in our lives, everything is finite, right? Like everything ends. We know that, so we can't really comprehend anything that never ends. So even something that is potentially as amazing and blissful as that, the thought of like, okay, it ends here. Wait, no, it doesn't. Wait, it, no, it just goes and goes and goes forever. That's a scary thought, man. I tell people that they think I'm crazy. They're like, what are you talking about, dude? But the thought of infinite, infinity, right? Eternal scares, scares the living daylights out of me, Eric. It is the thing that I talk to my therapist about the most. Really? 
Yeah, I'm no, I'm not one. I'm 100 not joking you right now. The idea of eternity is amazing and it's terrifying at the same time because you feel like in your brain there has to be an end. There has to be an end point. And a lot of our time here on Earth, we think about legacy. We think about leaving stuff better than we found it. We think about all these things and it's like, that's not enough time. There's not enough time. The people who have made the biggest impact in the world, positive or negative, we remember forever and maybe talk about. 300 years from now, they're going to be an afterthought in some back end of an encyclopedia. Like there's not probably an encyclopedia that you upload on your fingertip. Like there's there's so many insane things that exist in the world and it freaks me out. And once in a while I sit there and my brain just shuts down from from having thoughts about like, oh, what does that end look like? But then you remember that we are all in this together. We are not we are only as important as we make ourselves out to be. And usually that's ego and something that is a deterrent in your life. And then lastly, like I just feel once in a while, like, like there's just not enough time to do everything you want to do. So just be a good person. Don't suck and go on your merry way. Yeah, man. Apirophobia, the fear of infinity, by the way, it's a thing. That is a thing. I'm, I'm noting that. I didn't even know that was a legitimate thing that you could throw in. I have that. Yeah. Oh, so we're sure. I forget who said it, but they're like, there's three stages of, of your life. It's like well, when you're alive, when you're dead, and when you're forgotten. <laughs> Jeez, that's that's horrible. Oh, oh, hell yeah, brother. Uh, this is why I'm sad Westworld got canceled as well, for what it's worth. Well, Merry Christmas, guys. <laughs> <laughs> We're feeling good today on the strategy show. I tell Eric, like, cheer up and then just start... <laughs> what do you think the end looks like i don't want to burn alive that seems yeah. bad shit man mm-hmm. for real atone for your sins here on the strategy show subscribe to the channel leave a comment down below try and read and respond to all of them and check out all of our stuff on the podcast platform guys all this stuff goes there podcast apple podcast spotify and ben and i every tuesday do a podcast exclusive it is very fun it's about 30 minutes uh i guarantee you when you're done listening to that it's going to help you we covered the saturday slate on that as well. So we're going to do Sunday today. If you're looking for Saturday uh, strategy, game theory, we got you there. We even go back and look at like two game and three game slates from this season and what type of builds want it. So if you've got time, 30 minutes to carve out, definitely recommend checking it out. Anyway, man, we got a nine game slate. This is fun. Only nine game slate of the season on the main slate. Yeah, it's uh, shorter, but I mean, this is a potent little slate and there's some massive news that we're waiting on. I'm assuming that uh, I'm assuming Jonathan Taylor is going to be playing football, which adds another wrench into it, because I don't think Zach Moss is likely to be playing based on the injury reports yesterday. For Saturday's slate, we have injury reports today being the Alpha and Omega, just trying to, you know, make it over and over again. But we are looking at a nine game main slate that I think has tons of options has a massive game environment in Minnesota and Detroit, as well as Dallas, Miami. I mean, this could get really, really fun. I think so. Uh, <laughs> just just one thing here, because this is hilarious. Uh, Clayton Eskew, what's up, Clayton? Said, you can get a feel for, for eternity by going back and watching all the deeper dive shows. <laughs> yeah, man, that's good. That's true. That's great. Uh, it's time sensitive, time sensitive. I'm going to make a claim here that I may just be way off. It feels like right now because, and let me throw this out there. Let me preface this, Eric. I think a lot of the questionable wide receivers are going to be ruled out. I think it's a very good possibility that Watson and Reed are out for green Bay. Yeah. 
It's a good possibility that Pittman doesn't play, even though he got in limited work yesterday. Um, Marquise Brown, highly doubt Marquise Brown is going to play for Arizona. Uh, I could go down the list, right? Mm -hmm. Even on a nine-game slate. Mind you, we've had 10, 11, 12, 13-game main slates this year. I think also, also Nico Collins, we'll see about him. I think it's entirely possible that we have more wide receiver value on this slate, Zay Jones being another one with mm -hmm. with uh, Christian Kirk already out. I think it's entirely possible that this is the most wide receiver value we will have on any slate of the season, and maybe including last season as well. I probably agree with that, but the one thing that's going to change as far as like I still think we're going to have an incredible slate where you're not going to want to leave any salary on the table is Tyreek Hill should play like Tyreek Hill was, I think on the fringe of playing last week. I think he plays too. And I think he 100% plays and that's just salary that you can use somewhere. So you make it 9,600 and CD lamb 9,200. What I think really happens is those numbers go from like 15 and 19% owned to like 28 and 33% owned. Like you could see these guys get, massively steamed up because at the running back position, you don't have anything to spend up for 7,400 Rashad white. What a time to be alive. Your most expensive running back here on the slate at the tight end position. You do have Laporta and Hawkinson in the same game environment, but like I think Hill and lamb just kind of deciding between the two playing the two together, how you handle Amon Ra and then a contrarian. I mean, he's not contrarian now, but I, I'm a little bit surprised to see 20.4% Justin Jefferson. That has to tail off. I would think, but like, you have four wide receivers to spend up for. And a lot of the time you can kind of rotate between or you have salary constraints. There shouldn't be con salary constraints to get to Hill and Lamb. And who you decide between those two could be like make it or break it kind of stuff on a slate like this, which is fun and also terrifying. Absolutely. But here, but again, though, I, I think Tyreek Hill plays as well. Mike McDaniel yeah. kind of downplayed him not practicing. So we just want him, you know, firing on all cylinders for Sunday. But here's another thing that we have to look at you might not have a ton of expensive running backs. You really don't. You, you don't have Kyron Williams. You should see his mm -hmm. price for the, if you guys watch the Sun, uh, Thursday strategy show with Gajeski and myself, he's the highest price player on that game. Uh, you have no Alvin Kamara. You have no Christian McCaffrey because he's Monday night as well. I, you know, even like an Eckler, you don't have an Austin Eckler. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of running backs that aren't going to be on the slate. James Cook is probably going to be, would have been priced up and he's not on the slate either. But one thing you do have, which I think is going to make wide receiver value even more uh, important. I think the 5k and up tight ends this week are fantastic. I mean, oh, yeah. Joe Flacco has fully unlocked David and Joku. Evan Ingram could be in a game where you have no Zay Jones or Christian Kirk. Trey McBride has been phenomenal. Marquise mm -hmm. Brown likely not playing. Hawkinson against his former team in Detroit. Laporta coming off a three-touchdown game in that same contest, as you mentioned, against Minnesota. I could make an argument, a good one, for all five tight ends above 5,000 this week. Yep. This is not going to be a week to punt tight end for me whatsoever. That was the main thing I learned last night as I was building out lineups. And obviously, it was Wednesday night. It's now Thursday morning. And as I was building out... I will say Sims tool early doing exactly what you would expect it to lots of two tight end builds. So we'll see where the news comes in on some of these, but you are going to want exposure to these guys because the target shares are off the chain for guys like Trey McBride, for guys like Sam Laporta, uh, love TJ Hawkinson, obviously the game environment Ingram, you made the case for yeah, And Joku's going berserk, even Ferguson there. Uh, everybody's going to want to get a piece of Dallas that can be a little bit different from Dallas and Miami uh, Two 
teams that have not played well against bad teams. Now they're playing each other as good teams. Somebody's going to win this spot. And Jake Ferguson feels like a nice uh, way to get different here. And then Dalton Schultz could open up an entire uh, it could be, you know, decent enough against Cleveland. A lot of short dot throws, depending on what happens with Nico Collins here. So I'm with you. I mean, 4,500 and up is where I'm going to live at tight end. And uh, I think going anything less there, you're giving up ceiling that you absolutely need on this slate. Although I think there is one. Can you guess? Uh, <laughs> let me see. Don't say a conquo or I'll ba- beat my head against the wall. No, 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 no. It's not. Okay. Are we are we going to the very bottom? Nope. Okay. And it then... is injury dependent. Kyle Pitts. You want me to just tell you? Okay. Now it's going to be Tucker Craft. Yep. Done. Yep. I, I mean, that makes sense. Tucker Craft, I actually get. I mean, Tucker Craft's athletic, dude. The guy, the guy's good. He's pretty good. Uh, you know, you have Musgrave on the IR. Jaden Reed and Christian Watson still aren't practicing. If that's the case, like this is a Tucker Craft, Dontavian Wicks type of game. And He's as gross as it feels for you, you're going to have to play Wicks. And I think you'll want to have some Tucker Craft. Mr. Weeks, I'm here for it. Yeah, man. All right. Anyway, appreciate all you guys hanging with us. We got a fun show to talk about. That was kind of just the lay of the land, lay the foundation. Uh, give you an idea of what this looks like. You might think it's nine games. There isn't much to get into. There's a ton. Uh, and the running back position, there's nobody that's particularly expensive, but you have Jonathan Taylor, uh, who we have projected for the highest ownership right now. Now, I don't know if we have Moss projected in or not, but he's dealing with multiple injuries. Taylor's expected back. He's not priced all that high. Should be a competitive game. Ty Chandler with Madison not practicing. Mm-hmm. He looked, dude, you're a Vikings fan. Ty Chandler looked fantastic so last good. time out. Yeah. Uh, the the one thing that that makes me feel a little bit uneasy is that when I'm looking at all of these running backs north of 10%, uh, not all of them, but like Taylor, Chandler, and I got a couple guys that are low on that I like, but Taylor, Chandler, assuming Madison's out, Singletary getting the bell cow workload last game, Rashad White, Brees Hall as a favorite. He's been very good as a favorite, terrible as a dog this year. Uh, Jameer Gibbs, Chuba Hubbard. I like all of those guys and I know they're popular, but given the volume or just the overall efficiency as someone like Gibbs has, although Minnesota's defense has looked very good under Brian Flores recently. My point is there's some really great running backs at good price points this week. Yeah. It'll be nice to have Brian Flores uh, before he gets hired away this year. It's like inevitable. There's going to be a ton of coaching turnover and he feels like somebody who got steamed up. Minnesota had the number one points against uh, coming off of the last six weeks before that ridiculous shootout that we had in Cincy. Obviously, having a 3 nothing game will uh, definitely inflate those kind of numbers. But uh, Alexander Madison, considering he's been dinged up and then also had been starting to tail off at times, 44% of the snaps there week 10, 64-59. They said that they want to feature him. And I, I'm just going to take I'm just going to take that at at face value 81% of the snaps for Ty Chandler they do not want to play a special teamer um it just it, it's going to be so easy to get to Ty Chandler 5600 and feel good about it but I will say the one running back that I feel exponentially better about and the guy that I'm probably going to have the most of and I'm assuming the field will have the most of come Sunday if things break the way I think they will is Jonathan Taylor there's no way that I won't jam Jonathan Taylor it was a thumb issue and now he's practicing in full 
there was never any kind of like physical limitations to him. I'm sure he was still working out, doing his things. And I'm assuming Zach Moss also going to be limited if he's not even out. Like he is probably going to be out, but you know, even if he ends up in and wants to play through it, there's no way that they aren't going to just go back to exactly what they were doing pre-injury there, which was 75 and 89% of the snaps in week nine and 10. So get ready for it. Jonathan Taylor. I mean, this is such a good spot and we have all of these games on Sunday within a touchdown within a touchdown for, for the spread. This is a pretty good game environment where you could get everything all in one with Jonathan Taylor. If Michael Pittman's out 44 and a half total, I mean, you got to think the touchdown expectation for him is through the roof with those guys out. What do you think of Singletary in a spot where? Oh, God. Let me tell you. Let me tell you something. <sighs> the Browns defense has been so good at home and so bad on the road. I mean, terrible on the road, right? Uh, 120 rushing yards, 36 points to the Rams, 29 points to Dallas, 100, or sorry, to Denver, 169 rushing yards. Uh, they coughed up 31 points to Baltimore, only 106 rushing yards there. 100 plus to Seattle, gave up 24. 38 to Indy, gave up 168. Uh, seriously, outside of that Pittsburgh game, which it's the, it's the Steelers, this defense, as far as points allowed and yards allowed on the road, has been really, really bad. And now Singletary's coming off of a game where he had, what, like 25 carries or something? 26 carries against Tennessee racked up 126 yards against the stout Titans run defense, not as good as they were earlier, but the ownership concerns me a little bit there because Devin Singletary, he got, he was targeted five times too, though. I mean, I'm having a tough time with this, but he got legitimate bell cow workload in that game, played 75% of snaps. Pierce played five. Yeah. This is a push and pull situation for me because Devin Singletary, you marked out the case pretty well, uh, Cleveland overall, actually only 10th or giving up the 10th most fantasy points to the running back position. And then you start factoring in other nuanced things. One, Damian Pierce no longer lives. He is not on this football team for all intents and purposes. Six snaps, uh, 6% of the snaps, 3% of the rushing opportunities. For Devin Singletary, 75% of the snaps, 81% of the rushing opportunities. Ran a route on 53% of dropbacks. Lots to like from what you see there, but... It is still a Cleveland defense that is not, and it's not C.J. Stroud out there. I know that that can result in dump-offs. That can be things that that end up being decent. But, I mean, for me, it's just so hard to want to go out of my way to roster him when Ty Chandler is at 5,600. And then there's just ceilings that exist up in that 7K range. The Rashad White, obviously one of the best roles in all of football. Jonathan Taylor, obviously I laid out the case there. And then Jameer Gibbs in the game environment, Seems as though even with more limited opportunities, he continues to thrive in that offense in different ways, being utilized in different ways. So do I want to carve out a role for him at 17% ownership? That's going to be something the Sims tool kind of have to help me with because I think in a vacuum, I see Chuba Hubbard at half the ownership against Green Bay, 28th against the position. So yeah, fourth most fantasy points allowed to running backs. feel like I kind of just want to go there for 200 more time and time again. Yeah, I could see that. Ultimately, though, you're not going to have any, you're going to have no uh, no limitations on what running backs you want to go to this week, like in the 5 and 6K range. We had a question uh, from You Gotta Be Kidding Me, and it's funny you asked this because I asked Ben as well on the Tuesday show, can any of the Chicago running backs be trusted? Hard to not like the matchup. 
could just be fields for 200 yards on the ground there. So here's how I see this. Um, it's a two-part question or two-part answer. Can any of the Bears running backs be trusted? The answer is no. But if I was going to one of those Bears at this point of the season, it would 100% be Roshan Johnson. Like if one of these guys has the ability right now, given their current workloads, uh, given the state of affairs in Chicago, to me, it would be Roshan Johnson, a rookie, and they want to see what they've got. And he's been pretty decent when given some opportunities. But no, they can't be trusted. No. None of them. Uh, the best running back play is very, very clearly the guy at the opposite end of that game, uh, James Conner. But it's it's still a, a situation I'm probably going to be light on no matter what. It looks like the field is as well. The nice thing about Roshan is we think about him as the quote unquote passing down back. He did see all of those snaps out of the middle of nowhere in the Minnesota game. Um, but you still had no Deonta Foreman out there for it. And that makes it tough to trust exactly what's going to happen. Three headed running back you know, committees. It's so hard to separate this time of year because they'll just play them, you know, almost equal snap share or maybe a little bit game script dependent, but it's a close spread. It's really hard to mine out anything. And there are so many guaranteed situations throughout the entire board that I don't think the risk is worth the reward. Neither do I. But to answer your question, if I had to, like if you just were set on playing one, give me Roshan Johnson. Yeah. And there's passing game volume there for DraftKings scoring that, you know, is, sure. could bolster it a little bit. Foreman coming off a six for minus six yard game on the ground as well. Is that good? Uh, I do like some of these running back pivots at low ownership, though. Like after seeing what doubt what happened to the Dallas Cowboys last week uh, on the ground with James Cook having a career game, 266 rushing yards allowed to the point where. They only 85 passing yards for, for the bills. I, I don't, I don't mind Raheem Mostert here at all uh, at 5% ownership. Uh, you know, you're just not going to see it. right now. It looks like Rashad white and Jonathan Taylor and Gibbs and Montgomery and uh, Pollard and ETN. All of those guys are getting ownership. Mostert at that price point isn't. So that intrigues me. Uh, you mentioned James Connor at 7%. I like James Connor here. And Aaron Jones, if A.J. Dillon sits again, is someone you just have to consider. Now, his ownership will absolutely come up, but I don't see how Aaron Jones at that price point, after seeing him return from a three-week hiatus, after seeing him be pretty heavily involved, because we've seen him come back from yep. injuries and not be nearly as involved. We saw what he was inv how involved he was last week without Dillon. Patrick Taylor saw some work, but I would assume with them in the fight of their lives to stay alive for the playoffs, that this week, this week, uh, especially against a Carolina team that's been crushed by opposing running backs. Aaron Jones, if Dylan sits, is a great play. With you. And even if Dylan plays, I think this is a game that Packers go out and do everything they can to win. And if you want to win a football game, you play more Aaron Jones. Yep. I think uh, you probably have Dylan just playing the Taylor role and Taylor gets taken off the field. I'm with you. Aaron Jones has always been one of my favorite running back plays. Has it worked out this season? No, no, it is not. Not in best ball, not in DFS. I will continue to chase the big game and now 6,400 for him. Uh, he's one of my favorite running, uh, contrarian running back plays as well. I also have to look at a guy like David Montgomery there, 6,900 pulling little, little ownership, but getting so many running back opportunities, 17 carries last week against Minnesota. Minnesota has been really, really stout as out as yet. I mean, Flores has figured some stuff out for my team and uh, I'm not enthusiastic at going to David Montgomery. I feel better about trying to make, shots on Jameer Gibbs work because of the passing game involvement, but feel like red zone work 
still more likely to go to David Montgomery, same way that it's still more likely to go to Raheem Mostert. And, you know, if you run into two touchdowns inside the five, those are the kind of outcomes on a nine game slate that you're looking for. You know, those three game afternoon slates, you should know from playing those all the time. It's like, oh, how did this guy end up optimal? Well, he got two goal line touches, put up 12, and all of a sudden some cheap running backs happening. Now, these guys are more expensive. It's ways to get different, but it's just so much leverage to gain on a slate where I do expect some of these 7K guys to get massively steamed up. So yeah, living in the 6K range and finding him. What do you think about Kenneth Walker though? Because Tennessee obviously hasn't been a good uh, matchup from time to time, but coming off of that ridiculous win uh, against your Eagles there on Monday, I feel as though Kenneth Walker is just going to start getting all of the work over Zach Charbonnet here coming down the stretch again. Now that he's healthier, now that he's going uh, running downhill too, looked really, really good last time out, 4.5 yards per carry. 6,200 for him if he's going to see the majority of the work there is at least intriguing. Yeah, it's fine. <clears throat> I, I got, I don't know. First of all, he's dealing with <laughs> Or it's not intriguing, one of the two. Well, I mean, like the, the snap share, I, I know that obviously Walker had a much bigger game than Charbonnet last week, but they played 56 and 44% of snaps yeah. and Charbonnet was out there for all the passing down stuff. I also think Tennessee wins this week. Ooh, look at this guy. I like that. Does Levis does. play? Levis is going to play, right? Who, Levis? Levis sorry. Yeah. Well, Levis. I, I didn't hear what you said. Yeah. Um, I would, I would think so. I don't know. I, look, Walker's fine, but he's just, he's fine to me. I don't, I would rather, I think I'd rather play Aaron Jones, honestly. And, or not just that, I would probably rather just go down into the 5k range. James Connor, Hubbard, Chandler, Singletary. What about Brees Hall though? That's, that's the, that's the question is like how much you like Brees Hall against Washington because Washington confirmed sucks at the defense. They're horrible, man. They're really uh, bad. They've been a cash cow all year long. Yep. But they really have. From a betting standpoint, you came on um, my video mm-hmm. for Odd Chopper, laid the six and a half on the Rams, as you should have. That's crazy that it was as close as it was at the end because that game was never competitive. It was just garbage time Jacoby Brissett. If Jacoby Brissett had covered that game, you would oh not. My God. You would have never heard from me again. That I would have, have disappeared terrible. into the abyss. I would have terrible. never I would have disappeared and I would have I would have written a note saying it was Greg Ehrenberg. <laughs> nah, it's a stacked position though. I, I don't mind Brees Hall. Is he my favorite? No, because this team stinks, right? Like they, they stink. Uh, I I still want to I know how I know how crazy this sounds, but uh, I still want to see if Zach Wilson's gonna play. But it's gross. Although they are three-point favorites and Washington has given up on the season. They had a bit of a dead cap bounce against the Patriots after they started, you know, shipping off all of their top players on defense. It's over for them. It's over for Ron. So, no, I don't mind Brees Hall. It's a great position. Okay. Well, it's at least something to think about. And then I'm a little bit surprised to see, you know, I guess it depends what happens with Brian Robinson. But Antonio Gibson is 5,200, still coming off of, you know, being pretty darn popular last week at the identical tag. Didn't get nearly as much work. They said Chris Rodriguez was going to mix in. He surely mixed in 10, 10 rushing attempts there in that spot. But I still think in a competitive spot, which that was not for a majority of that football game, Antonio Gibson's on the field a lot more. Oh, oh it's terrible. I know. But, but that's the way you're going to feel about running backs that aren't the chalk this week. Like, 
the chalk feels very, very comfortable. Like, how good does it feel to see 80% of the snaps for Ty Chandler at 5,600? How good does it feel to see Jonathan Taylor with Zach Moss on the injury report right now? Rashad White is, like, free square-ish as far as, like, what that volume is going to be. I'm not saying that he's going to work out optimal all the time, but, like, it's impossible not to say that he's got an elite role right now in the NFL. And then you've got a number of these mid-range guys that actually feel far more comfortable. So like from a tournament perspective, like if you're trying to get different at this position specifically, nothing feels good. No, it doesn't. My concern though, is that if this game stays within reach for Washington, because the jets have a terrible offense, Mm -hmm. it's going to be Chris Rodriguez getting the rushing work. Yeah, that would suck. That would not be an enjoyable feeling. It's better than rostering Bajon Robinson. We can say that. Like, there's nothing less comfortable than rostering Bajon Robinson this week. Yeah, I'm not doing it. I've given up. I've given up. (laughs) So get ready for 25 from him this week, because that's that's the way this has worked. You know, you're probably right, but I think there's potential 25s out there elsewhere. Like, there's so many good running backs. I just don't know that I need to do it. Yeah. Cordero anyway. Patterson getting end around handoffs. I think that was the end of the, the rope for me too. Yeah. And then a fumble from Bijan Robinson as well. Nice. So, I mean, it's just, you can't trust Arthur Smith right now. I can't trust anything with that team. Um, I can't trust Bijan Robinson. So I can't do it. Anyway, let's talk wide receivers. Yeah. By the way, oh, how could I forget? It is, look, if ever it's going to be a great year and a great holiday season if everyone is as cheerful and as excited for Christmas as Eric Lindquist. You knew yeah. that you, you yeah. knew that was coming. Oh my God. I, I I started laughing as you were leading it up <laughs> because I'm like, oh yeah, I'm so ready for this shit to be over with. Bahumbug. And I'm like a happy go lucky person. I don't like being this way. Let's say for a second though, that you're feeling down. You know, you're in Eric's shoes. It's just get it over with. Well, here's one way to make your Christmas a little bit better or whatever holiday you celebrate. It's not going to affect you because you have all of our tools already. I do. So sorry. 25% off every single package that we have right now on stochastic, whether you want the Sims max package weekly, monthly Sims data, you want the lineup generator 25% off of everything. Okay. Not only that, I want you guys to think about something for a second. Now this is the last promo we're running for NFL. Um, we won't have anything else guaranteed. We already, we, we were basically not going to run a promo for NFL and decided, all right, it's Christmas. It's the last one. This is it. Okay. You're getting in. Let's say you've been on the fence, Eric, you get in, take advantage, by the way, link in the description and in the chat, you get in on a Thursday, you've got Thursday football. You've got Saturday football. You're going to have a main site and a big showdown site. You have Sunday football, main site, afternoon showdown site, and you have Monday football. And you have Monday football where you've got three games on Christmas. The best part about the Sims tool is let's say you may be short on time. Well, guess what? It's like three minutes to run the Sims. You can make adjustments. You can customize it, but you can get in and get out. I do it all the time with NBA with two young kids around here. It's awesome. So 25% off anything, weekly, monthly, any package, link in the description and in the chat. 25% off. Sounds pretty good, right? That cheers you up a little bit. 
Yeah, it cheers me up for the people. It doesn't do jack diddly squat for me, but I love seeing the opportunity for you guys. 25% off, and that's any package. That's the key part of this. Whether it's the Sims tool and you've been like on the fence of trying it out and seeing whether or not it was worth its weight. It is, by the way, but saying also that we have this for lineup generator. And so if you are looking at jumping in for lineup generators specifically and seeing what the Sims tool is spitting out as some of the best positive EV lineups, you can sign up now. And you're going to have that full week, a Saturday slate, a Sunday slate, a Monday slate, and next Thursday's football game as well. I believe it's the last Thursday football game of the season. Nope, there should be one more, I believe. But I know everybody plays together week 18 on Sunday. So you want to take advantage of it now if you're looking to jump in for that week. Hell yeah, man. Check it out. Link down there in the description and chat. If you guys ever have any questions, my DMs are open on Twitter. And Greg has some amazing tutorials with him and Steve Buzzard, one of the best DFS players out there. Uh, all over YouTube to learn the Sims, the same tool for NFL that someone took a Millie down with a few weeks ago and bunch of six figure hundred K wins jump in 25% off. You're getting football for four of the next five days. Wide receivers, Justin Jefferson, CD lamb, Tyreek Hill. I'm on rest. St. Bre- like the top is pretty loaded this week. I'm, there's a lot to like here. What do you make of the fact, though, that Justin Jefferson is the highest-owned receiver on the slate right now? I don't agree with it. It, That's going to change. There's no way. As much as I would love for that to be the case, uh, there's just too many many unknowns. I I don't think that coming off of last week's performance, I mean, Jordan Addison set the the nuke. uh, I mean, he set the world on fire last week. Justin Jefferson, nice to see the opportunity. 10 targets, 7 catches, 84 yards. Nick Mullins is still back there, and this can get spread out a lot of different ways. We knew with Kirk Cousins what you were getting for Justin Jefferson. A massive ceiling every single week, a massive floor every single week. But now, coming off of injury, and you know, obviously I'm happy that the ribs didn't end up being a big deal. The hamstring's still something that is in the back of my mind where you don't want him out there for 100% of snaps by any means, but... You look at TJ Hawkinson, Jordan Addison starting to acclimate himself, and then Ty Chandler, who is an actual functional runner that can take down a little bit, a little bit of that touchdown volume. I mean, we didn't have like a touchdown rush through 10 weeks or something crazy like that. And now that he exists out there, I think that does take down a little bit of the target or the, the touchdown expectation for some of these other players. I don't think that you should be looking at him the same way that you look at a Tyree Kill, a Sadie Lamb. And even, I mean, it's just so sad to say, but like Amon Ross St. Brown, I like exponentially more in this spot uh, going up against Minnesota. These short ADOT spots, you're in a dome. I know that we haven't seen Goff very good on the road, but Goff's splits on in, in domes specifically have been pretty decent here. And on the road in Minnesota isn't too bad of a spot here whatsoever. I I have a lot more confidence in him just because the, the receiving core around him. Yeah, yeah, Sam Laporta, but that is about it. And that is what I'm worried about is that Justin Jefferson, it's just a little bit more diluted than before when Kirk Cousins was keying in on him. I agree. Although, yeah, it's tough. Like, there's Hawkinson, Addison, Ty Chet. It's tough. By the way, I like your Vikings uh, plus three and a half this week, too. I think I they fight. <laughs> I hope so. I, I can't I can't do it. I'm, I'm truly in shambles getting him outside outside of a field goal i really don't hate like they're fighting for a playoff spot yeah i mean seven and seven i mean would have been much better if jake browning didn't go jake browning on us whatever what is going on can pittsburgh defense please knock him senseless that would be awesome i'm in this uh quarterback salary league 
where uh, it's it's really, really fun. But every single week they get inflated. You, they have a different cost associated to them based on how they did the week before. And Jake Browning is like right at the tippy top of like where you can short a quarterback. And I need Pittsburgh defense to just roll him. So that would make me happy. But uh, <laughs> right. anyway, for defense uh, this week, I, I do like what Minnesota has been doing here lately, but I don't think it should matter against Amon Ross St. Brown. I'm a little bit surprised to see the ownership as close as what it is. Not only that, but like to see Jefferson pulling more ownership. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, and we have Christian Watson at 14%, but if he doesn't play, and I'm not I'm not convinced he will, then like I will definitely, especially if Jaden Reed is out, I'll definitely look at Dontavian Wicks. Uh, if dude, there's just so much, one second, Jordan, there, there, there's so much here. Again, let's just say Pittman's out. Then you have Downs, you have Alec Pierce. If Zay Jones is out, you have Parker Washington, you have Calvin Ridley, right? Um, mm-hmm. if, if Nico sits, you mentioned Schultz earlier, but then you have Noah Brown at, I mean, Noah Brown would be a fantastic play against the Cleveland defense that again, on the road has really struggled. The list goes on and on. I'll even throw Michael Wilson out there. Sure. We love Trey McBride, yep. but Marquise Brown might not play. Greg Dorch might not play. Michael Wilson might just be a de facto, you know, number two behind Trey McBride. The value is crazy right now. That's not even mentioning JSN who's at 6% and a few of these other cheap options. Yeah, there's there's cheap options already. I think that's kind of what you're laying out is that there's already guys that we want to be on high alert for. And then you could end up having Dontavian Wicks be one of the most popular guys on the slate. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba starting to have the role that we were always hoping for at the beginning of the season. Tyler Lockett starting to fade into the abyss a little bit. Maybe that flips if it's Chino Smith at some point in time, but we'll see what ends up happening there. Uh, Zay Jones, you brought that up with lots of pieces. The uh, Parker Washington could end up getting steamed up. You know, we're going to be paying attention to guys like Greg Dortch and what happens with his injury status. So, yeah, there's there's a lot of guys that already exist. And now I'm laying out a case for some of them. I at least want to point out that Drake London is pulling double digit ownership. He did have that Apocalypse Now game uh, two games ago. It was. I feel as though against Indy, another great spot similar to the Tampa Bay spot where you could actually see. Uh, Atlanta pushed a little bit here. I'm not sure what Taylor Heineke, the switch to Taylor Heineke really means. Uh, I mean, it's a, there's still one point favorites here in this spot, but I mean, Heineke, he's functional to a certain extent. Does he key in on somebody the same way as, as you might've seen from Desmond Ritter with, with Drake London and Kyle Pitts at times? I don't know, but these guys are so damn cheap and it's so easy to put that stack together and build around and have a Tyreek Hill and CD lamb run back to have some of the expensive players on this slate. And we saw that work out a couple of times here where you just get to that really cheap stack, whether it's Flacco or it was Desmond Ritter once upon a time for those Millie winners, you get those three pieces put together. I'm going to play Jonathan Taylor and just about everything. So my run back's kind of automatic there. You could end up running into Alec Pierce and uh, uh, Josh Downs is very popular wide receiving options. Like there's going to be options from this game, 44 and a half total. I don't know. I'm I'm starting to fall in love with Drake London, and I don't think I've said that in two years. Would you rather have London or Garrett Wilson? 
Drake London by a mile. Really? Yes. I don't and, know. and that sounds stupid. I know it's Washington, but like Garrett Wilson's 5,800 and he has Zach Wilson, who is confirmed trash still. And yeah, I'm worried that because of how bad Washington's secondary is, that it might not be a situation where Zach Wilson goes out and just keys in on his first read. Like he might have options. Like he might have guys open. Like Alan Lazard, Xavier Gibson, who's been somewhat, you know, somewhat reliable. He's been getting targeted at least six targets last week. I don't know. Tyler Conklin, who's kind of been the dump off extraordinaire there for, I mean, that was Zach Wilson's guy. He made him a confirmed thing there in like weeks three through eight or so. I don't know. Garrett Wilson, 50. I mean, do you like Garrett Wilson this week? Like a lot, a lot? Cause this is the I first he, week I'm probably not going to jam against Washington. I think he's fine because Washington's that bad. Okay. Like if his ownership really, if it hovers, like if we have final run of ownership and he's coming in sub 10%, I have no problem getting to Garrett Wilson if Zach Wilson plays. And I'll just hope that, you know, he does key in on him. Because if he does, this could be the game of the season for Garrett Wilson. Like, I, by the way, I'm not saying that tongue-in-cheek. Like, a lot of guys, if you were to look back on the season, the game of the year for them has come against Washington. So, it's just the way it is. I, I have another player, though. So, in week 14, mm-hmm. you and I were really high on him. And he just doesn't seem to get a lot of ownership. Curious if you think, if you know where I'm going here. DJ Moore. Nailed it. Nailed it. I mean, love them in week 14. Did we benefit from a rushing touchdown? Yes, but sure he, still, he still had a receiving touchdown through the air. He was still targeted 10 times and finished with two scores and 27 fantasy points. We've got him coming in at 7% right now against Arizona. I'll just, I, I have no, I, I get that DJ Moore is, you know, maybe expensive relative to other players here, but I don't really know if he is like, you know, he's a, he's a eight to 13 target per game guy. They'll once in a while use him on the ground. Uh, He's clearly the number one target of Justin Fields. They're four and a half point home favorites against the Cardinals. I like DJ Moore again. Yeah. This is a, this is one of those like, Small, everything in the NFL is a small sample size. I think that that's kind of what I want to speak to. Like in the NBA, we get 82 games. Baseball, we get 162. If you look at the defensive splits right now for Arizona, you would think that they were just an extreme, extreme run uh, run funnel because they're 26th. Uh, so they're giving up the sixth most fantasy points to the running back position. They are the best in the NFL against the wide receiver position. But... That has to come with a grain of salt because you're generally running into Arizona in game scripts where running backs are getting way more touches because of how bad Arizona's been offensively, especially pre-Kyler Murray. And then also you're running into a spot where they're just down a bajillion because their defense, you can do whatever you want against them. I think DJ Moore is a phenomenal play yet again this week. I don't trust anything that I'm looking at from Arizona's secondary that would tell me, oh, this is why the data is saying that they are so good against wide receivers. It's truly a function of game script, in my opinion, and that creates a massive ceiling at 6,900 in a spot where DJ Moore has been insane truck. He was 34% in the Millie that week that I'm talking about that Detroit week. I did not see that coming early in the week. He was low, low owned, and he ended up getting steamed up to the highest owned wide receiver on was that entire really? slate. Is that where it finished? Yes. Wow. He ended up being the highest owned. I, I was tracking that one pretty, pretty heavily because I couldn't believe we had him at like, we had fields at 5%. We had more at like three or 2%. And then all of a sudden it flipped on a switch. Now, 
That is going to happen with the Sims tool where it identifies some of this mid-range chalk and it ends up ramping it up and people jam it. And that is one major change that I'm going to have to be factoring in a lot next year. I'm trying to factor it in more and more here at the tail end of this year. But if DJ Moore starts to get steamed up, I think there's at least a case to pump the brakes in this spot where there wasn't against Detroit. But at 6.2%, I don't see him getting steamed up on this slate. There are going to be everybody going up to the 8K and 9K range because they have money to burn. All the more reason to be landing on a DJ Moore 6900 that this week specifically, I do not think it's steamed. Any other wide receiver? I'll give you a couple real quick. One guy I don't think gets steamed, more might, but one guy I don't think will is Amari Cooper because each week, he seems to kind of be overlooked despite being a low 6K price point. Look, Joe Flacco might not be great, but the guy has thrown 44 times or more in all three <laughs> starts this season. That is crazy, okay? All three games, Joe Flacco has thrown 44 times or more. Amari Cooper is a legitimately good wide receiver. At that price, I mean, I'll take that to the bank any day of the week if he's coming in single digits. I miss Kevin Stefanski so much. I I miss him. He's a great coach. I miss him. God, he was so good in Minnesota. I miss him so much. But as I'm looking at the board here, I'm with you. I think him and Joe Flacco, and it's just a stack you should be putting together every single week. When you look at the Cleveland Browns offense historically over the last five, 10 years, between Baker Mayfield years, between anybody else coming in there, it's been so run heavy. They don't have that opportunity. Say that again. Nick Chubb being out. That's what I'm saying. But I'm saying with him out, Joe Flacco is the perfect guy to go get because there wasn't this balance of like, oh, are we going to be run first with Jerome Ford and Kareem Hunt? And we ran into injuries with them. They've been dinged up pretty much all year as well. Obviously not to the extent of Chubb, but with Chubb out, going and getting Joe Flacco, who's somebody who understands Stefanski and what he wants to do and can just go out and freaking do it. I mean, Amari Cooper and Elijah Moore, and David and Joku are live every single week. And this week, especially when you look at Njoku, he's going to be popular. He has completely nuked multiple slates here in a row. You have Elijah Moore that has that Joe Flacco rapport. I didn't see it last week, that's for sure. But I love getting to Cooper and more this week. I think that double specifically without Njoku is extremely viable for tournaments. Houston, their defense is much improved. They're starting to get the pieces, the Stingleys, the guys that they can build upon here for the future. But I love Joe Flacco because there is no way Cleveland goes out and wins football games without airing it out. What a great opportunity to know that, hey, I'm at least getting the opportunity. Sometimes like with Josh Allen, with James Cook's going nuts, like there's going to be game scripts that, you know, other teams that have, that's not going to happen with Jerome Ford and Kareem Hunt. I feel pretty confident in that. And Joe Flacco uh, he has been more than functional in this offense. It's so nuts too, because when you when you take a look at the the passing attempts that Flacco has had over the last two seasons, including the Jets, right? 44, 45, and 44 this year. Last year, week 18, only 33, but that didn't matter. The first three weeks of last season with the Jets, 59, 44, and 52. Uh, but what's even more remarkable is that when you look at the the, the, the games that he's played with Cleveland, he's not playing from behind in all of these like you know they played a competitive game against chicago they played with the lead against jacksonville yes they played from behind against the rams but you get the point like game Mm -hmm. script hasn't mattered so uh that's significant to me before we get to tight ends here really fun position 
Are there any, uh, and I think you and I talked about it at the top, that it's probably going to be a position where mostly looking to pay up for it with the one caveat for me that Tucker craft becomes a very good play in the event that we are without Christian Watson and Jaden Reed. Are there any other wide receivers we haven't hit on yet? I want to just warn people about what happens if Michael Pittman is out and what ends up happening with DJ Montgomery ownership, because something tells me he's going to end up very, very popular at 3,300. And there are pivots, not, you know, Darnell Mooney, because he's dead to me after dropping that touchdown pass and everything he's done all season long. But like, there are cheapies that will emerge. I don't think DJ Montgomery is somebody you need to go out of your way to play. He's currently pulling 11.7% ownership. We have a pretty high projection on him. And I'm very nervous, very nervous about what ends up happening with this DJ Montgomery exposure. He's the guy I took to look at the most just to see what happened on the field. He had an 8.75 dot, 17% of the team's air yards. You obviously lost Pittman after that hit the first quarter. But 47% of the routes at 3,300, I think we're going to run into a lot of cheap 3K value that runs at least 60, 70, 80% of the value. Now, it's a different week. Maybe if they can prep DJ Montgomery to be out there more or give him a larger role, maybe that's something that I'm overlooking. But God, to go from having zero targets in three previous weeks and running around on all of two, four, and 2% of the snaps in those weeks to then playing 47% of the routes and just getting random targets... I don't know if that's a piece of chalk that I'm going to be willing to want to play. I don't know if he ends up chalky relative to some of these other players, but I just want to at least warn you that when you see his name in write-ups or when you're looking at different places at the top of the Sims tool and you see DJ Montgomery, I at least am very, very uncomfortable about it. Downs will be popular if Pittman is out. I'm not sure Pierce will. Would you be interested in pivoting to Pierce? I am. I understand fully, too, that it's it doesn't change a lot of what I think Alec Pierce's role will be. He will still be a deep shot type guy. He's not the best route runner on on planet Earth. But I just think that the target share does have to improve for him. I think the one guy for for Indy that I would have a lot more interest and we talked about not punting with tight end whatsoever. But like, don't you have to have some Kylan Granson interest or Will Mallory interest trying to just completely get different flip the build maybe? I'm not sure you have to on this slate because of how good the tight ends are going to be projecting. But like Alec Pierce, I don't think it changes a ton of his role, but maybe, maybe we see at 4K, you know, he gets one or two extra deep shots. Josh Downs would just be the one guy I'd feel exponentially better about. But the DJ Montgomery thing, because I do think he ends up in the slot at times. And that, that is not a good feeling looking at his ownership right now. I hear you. The only thing that would suck about the 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 Colts tight ends is you know you you look at the you, you look at last week and it's like oh Mo Ali Cox ran eleven routes and, <laughs> and scored caught a touchdown you know and yeah. Branson ran twelve routes and Ogletree ran twelve routes like I just wouldn't know who to go to yeah it's fair Alan anyway. Branson was supposed to be good once upon a time that didn't happen it did not hey do you have any prize pick sponsor of the show first oh, yeah. match deposit bonus hundred percent up to a hundred bucks. I got something, I got a unique wrinkle to throw in there for you guys uh, that haven't signed up there yet. Of course, link in the description and chat. If you're not on prize picks, have you uh, checked anything out yet? Any goblins, demons, any props that you like heading into uh week, week 16 or anything for tonight for football or NBA? I've got one play and it sucks because I hate the guy. I absolutely hate the guy, but you know what? I like money more and I'm just going to go with what I see here. I think Taysom Hill, you got to take his rushing yards, 16 and a half. Um, 
Alvin Kamara, I know him and Jamal Williams. It was a lot better without him out there. But I, I think Taysom Hill is drastically undervalued on prize picks here in this spot. You compare these lines to lines other places at sharp places, if you will, if you know what I'm getting at. There are a lot of places that have this steamed up to minus 140-ish. And that, when you start walking into those kind of lines, it's kind of too good to pass up. I think you want to be playing him there at 16 and a half rushing yards. I know a lot of that can be goal line. A lot of that can be mixed in, but God, even the demon at 24 and a half, I don't completely hate. You could just really go for broke there. You have to build it out and and see what that is with another neutral square, because you don't know exactly what that demon payout is going to be. But uh, let me see four X is what you're getting here. So basically you're looking at Taysom Hill 25 plus rushing yards being around plus 180 or so in that range in combination with another play, like a neutral play. So it's something that's on my board, something that I'm going to be rotating in. And I kind of want to beat it before people start hammering it up to 18 and a half, 19 and a half. So uh, I hate myself for it. I don't like it, but I do think that there's going to be more opportunities for him against the Rams here. I like it. Uh, I It's crazy because I don't know if I'd put these in the same in the same lineup, but I like Alvin Kamara over four and a half receptions. Okay. Uh, grabbed his receiving yards at 29 and a half, but that was on FanDuel today. It's at 32 and a half on prize picks. Yeah, He's gone over that number in every game that they've played from behind this year uh, in nine of 11 games total with Derek Carr at the helm. They're four and a half point dogs or four point dogs. The, the Rams are a good football team right now. The saints have not, they don't beat good teams. So I think if they're playing from behind, this could be heavy Alvin Kamara workload. Now, the Rams have done a good job at limiting uh, receiving yards to running backs. But when you go ahead and, and and you look at who they faced, they haven't faced teams that frequently use these guys out of the backfield either, like use their running backs as pass catchers out of the backfield. So it doesn't really concern me all that much. So that's one spot I'm looking towards. So here's the thing I mentioned. The, the first of all, the prize pick signup is insane. What we have right now, number one, first match deposit bonus up to 100 bucks. Number two, you get all of our tools at Odd Shopper for free. You get into the Discord for free for a month. You get all the expert picks on the Odd Shopper page. You have all the plus EV picks and um and lineup builders for prize picks for free. So 100 match to percent match deposit bonus up to 100 bucks. They immediately double whatever you deposit, plus a free month of Odd Shopper. All of our tools over at Odd Shopper, Discord, Expert Picks. But I was thinking, over on their Twitter, by the way, links down, just click the link. You don't need a promo or anything like that. Just use the link. Day eight of uh, day eight of Pixmas, they call it. If you refer a friend, both of you get a dollar for every point scored in the Saints versus the Rams game. So thinking if you're signing up today, just tell your boys and throw them that link. And for every person that you get to sign up, not only are you getting a hundred percent deposit bonus, but now if you sign like three of your boys up at prize picks and that game scores 40 points, you've got $120 as well on prize picks. That's huge. These are good things. Look, are- look at a man of the people, Lafayette, a man of the people screw us, screw what we need. He is here to help you make money. And that is definitely something that you should have on your radar for today. Uh, This game should have points. I like the Rams being able to go out and put up points here in this spot. Derek Carr is uh, not dead yet, but he's kind of dead. Uh, Alvin Kamara is really good at football. He'll probably help out, but I'm feeling, I'm feeling the same way as you. I I think that that's a good way to get in the holiday spirit. If you will shit, I wish I were in the holiday spirit. So yeah, go get yourself some free money over at prize picks.
Many ways to do it, plus a free sub at Odd Shopper. Tight end's easy for me, man. I, I'm not yeah. even going to take much time. I'll toss it over to you. I love Trey McBride. I don't care that he's popular. I, I expect Marquise Brown to be out. Trey McBride is the number one pass catcher in Arizona with or without Marquise Brown. Uh, I like Hawkinson. I like Njoku. If Zay Jones is out, that's another one. You're looking at Evan Ingram as a strong play, Jake Ferguson. Uh, but a couple guys I will just give you right now at low ownership, Sam Laporta with the price hike. I still like him. And I will definitely play Tucker Craft. Like I would be very happy if my tight end core was just kind of McBride and Joku, Hawkinson, Ferguson, and Kraft and Laporta. Like six guys, kind of pretty unconcentrated outside of probably having a lot of McBride. I'd be very, very okay with that this week. And I want to pay up north of 5K if I can. It's great up there. And these guys continue to see more volume. Yeah, I think I might just remove everybody 3,200 and under. I know we were talking through the Colts thing. I don't want to do that either, uh, the more we talked about it. So I'm just going to remove everybody 3,200 out of my pool. I'm going to be simming just with those dudes. I'm very excited for that. But there's no doubt that, like, Sam Laporta, great leverage play. If you're going to talk about 3.9% ownership there in that game environment, Trey McBride has the best role of a tight end since, you know, week, what, seven, eight? I mean, the guy has been absolutely out of control Evan Ingram, we laid, we laid out the case. I think at the beginning of the show, we basically rolled through tight end the way that you need to. There's just too many ceilings at too cheap of tags relative to what they can put up in your lineup this week. David Njoku, awesome, going to get steamed, should get steamed. Jake Ferguson, that's probably the guy that I don't think pulls 13.8%, but I get it. I mean, that's going to be a double with Dak and then uh, CD that people just want to kind of get to. It, it feels comfortable. You're going to attach some of these guys to your your quarterback and stacks. You know, Kyle Pitts, I like just as a cheap option uh, to throw together with that double in the event that Taylor Heineke can go back and uh, get back to his Washington days a little bit and go and sling it. But there are so many great options. It's so hard to parse through them specifically. I guess here would be the best way to do it. If tournaments started right now, based on their ownership that we have listed here, who are your three favorite tight end plays in order? So starting at three, going to your favorite. Okay, number one is still going to be McBride. Okay, same. I still really, what's that? Same. Okay, still really like McBride. Are we, wait, are we assuming that like Green Bay, we don't know? Are we just assuming we don't know there? See, that's, that's, um, I will Play it say, however you want, because Kraft would be my number three if, if those guys are out. I think that's fair. I think Kraft can be number three. Uh, Kraft last week was my highest on tight end. We talked about him. Matt Kajewski really was a big fan, and uh, that gave me a little bit more confidence to jam. Sims Tool absolutely loved him. I got I'm heavy right on him because of the Sims. The Sims was jamming yep. him, and I was like, you know what? And he scored out of the gate. It felt it great. Was, it was nice to to have your floor. It's always better when they score in the first quarter rather than in the fourth quarter, and oh I don't God. know why. It doesn't matter. It's the same thing, but it always feels like if it happens in the first quarter, you can sit back and relax a little bit and know that you're not toast. Uh, and then injuries obviously are a thing. But uh, I I'm probably going to have him outside of the top three simply because I don't know how you don't put Injoku in the top three right he now. Be my number two. Okay, there you go. So I, I think I'm going to go one Trey McBride, David Njoku three. And then my number two probably got to be just because of game environment and ownership, Sam Laporta. I have no problems with that. Yeah. Also, I think we should mention Cole Komet is a decent play as well. Definitely. Uh, again, so many good plays. He's just yep. another one of them. If I were to give you five, 
I don't even care what the order is outside of McBride. It would probably be Njoku, Ingram, especially if Jones is out, mm-hmm. Kraft, and then Laporta. But you still have Hawkinson, Ferguson, even Tyler Conklin against Washington. But I don't think he's necessary this week. I'm not going to do it this week. Yeah, me neither. Hey, I want to because Washington, again, they are dead last against tight ends in the NFL as well. Here's what I want to know from you. And we'll take a look at the Sims tool before we get out of here. Um, like I said, guys, if you join late, 25% off literally any package you want. Last time we're running an NFL promo all year, it's a little Christmas deal. 25% off December 25th, baby. Yeah, you got Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, football, main slate, showdowns, two games, three games, everything. Link down there. You should ja- you should you should jump. I mean, I, I use the tool every day. You 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 do too. Uh but single day. Okay. We we did three favorite tight ends. Mm-hmm. What I want to know, because you don't have the Bills on this slate, you don't have the Eagles versus Giants, even though they've stunk, you don't have the Niners. You don't have the Chiefs. Why do I say this? They have the four highest totals of anyone in Week 16. Who are your three favorite stacks going into Week 16 main slate? I think it's impossible not to like Miami, especially if they get Tyreek Hill back. Um, We're going to have unlimited funding to be able to spend at any position because of the value that should emerge at wide receiver. I think just getting to the the clear-cut double of Tua with with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell or... You could remove Waddle and put in either Moster or A-Chan. Don't completely hate that idea. It's just going to be a game that uh, Dallas, they've really struggled as a defense on the road. They've struggled as a team on the road. And uh, this is just a spot where you could you could see an absolutely electric ceiling. I don't think anybody's going to be worried about clicking on Tyreek Hill as long as he is active. He's got a 15% chance, uh, top stack percentage there. I think my second favorite Probably Detroit relative to what I'm looking at here. 6.2% top stack percentage isn't anything great. We've got a couple of other teams that are mixed in in the top stack percentage, so don't take that for gospel here right now. But love Sam Laporta and Amon Ross St. Brown against my Minnesota Vikings. Find that to be very, very easy to put together and have Ty Chandler as your running back and move along with your life. Think that's a really easy way to piece that game together. And then the last one, I'll get off the board. We'll just go to Joe Flacco here. They are throwing the football all over the lot. David Njoku is going to get steamed, but I said it before. I like the idea of Amari Cooper and Elijah Moore as your double for Joe Flacco and maybe getting away from Njoku. There are so many great tight end options. And if he gets a massive ceiling, it's probably a couple of deep targets to those two individuals specifically. Njoku's had a lot of yak stuff that's worked out really, really nicely for him in recent weeks. Think we could see Joe Flacco go and explode against Houston in this spot. And that's not something that was on my bingo card for 2023. I dig it. And I'm going to give you one more because I agree with, with, with all of those Arizona Cardinals. Love it. Here's why Uh, the weather shouldn't be too bad at, at soldier, like 51 degrees, slight chance of rain right now. We'll see once we get closer to lock, but if you were to play Tyler Murray with Trey McBride, And then can we just say Michael Wilson here? Mm -hmm. Okay. Trey McBride, Michael Wilson, and Kyler Murray. You are now putting yourself in a situation where let's just say you punt defense. If you watch the Tuesday show with Ben and myself, literally all but one, I think, sub 3K defense is in play. If you just played, say, Carolina against Green Bay at home, that gives you 6,300, almost 6,400 per player. It is a cheap stack. With DJ Moore run back options, like it's it's very doable. The only thing that sucks is 
if you run it back with Komet, you're double tight ending there, which I think is still doable. DJ Moore is the clear option there. Mm-hmm. But just giving you a very cheap stack in a game that could stay competitive. And I wouldn't be surprised to see some points scored there. I'm so with you. And I, I don't think there's any question in my mind that Justin Fields will end up the most popular quarterback on this slate. The weather looks good. Uh, it is going to be pretty clear cut that a running quarterback, somebody who has now gone from, oh, we're not sure we want him to be a pocket passer. And all of a sudden he's had 18, 12, 12 and seven rushing attempts the last four weeks. And last week, you know, against Cleveland, that was kind of a, a, a wonky game script as is. He wasn't extremely accurate. He had the couple of picks, and that's just Cleveland defense being Cleveland defense. I will think that Justin Fields is and should be popular here this week. Probably ends up being your cash game guy, him or Nick Mullins, as weird as that is to say. And that's when it's just great to get to the quarterback on the other side of the game at Kyler Murray and still getting to some of these amazing pieces. The Trey McBrides, who's going to be most people's run back for uh, Chicago Stacks, and then just getting to the DJ Moore side that's exponentially lower owned right now. Sims tool, baby. Let's wrap it up with this. Uh, By the way, as you mentioned, ownership throughout the week, right? Like this is our first run. Ownership Mm -hmm. will change. Uh, That will change some of the results we get. But I know you are as well as I am always curious to see what type of exposures we're getting, what type of stacks are popping up. So I had Jordan pull up our stacks. Um, Okay, so there you go. A lot of field stacks early on. Do me a favor, Jordan. Sort by uh, quarterback plus two on that because we're getting Mullins Eric we're getting some Taylor Heineke Mm -hmm. which isn't even that it's not that crazy at all I like Heineke this week which is stupid but it is not looks like we're not getting too much Kyler but again these things can change because Marquise Mm -hmm. Brown we don't have projected out yet I think if I think if he's out that could change a little bit in that game yeah, I think it just gives you an opportunity to still have lineups that can contain Jonathan Taylor, C.D. Lamb. I mean, you just that 5K down to 3,300 is such a massive difference and going to give you extra utility in other spots in your position that are going to look good in the Sims tool. Take a look at running back exposures as well. Um, hold on. Copy, paste, date said, how do I do Sims if I'm if I'm going to a 1 p.m. game? Bring my laptop with me, question mark. I've done uh, it. <laughs> yeah so have I. i've done it <laughs> another thing another thing worth well hold on a second this is fortunately this is not like nba so it's it's very rare that you're getting late scratches mm-hmm. so you'll know an hour and a half before the game yep. what the inactives are that's helpful if you're just playing a few lineups one of the ways you can do it is just run the sims on your phone and then put the lineups in mm-hmm. uh, i've done that too on days where there's like i can't like I, I just have a, a bunch. The other week, my uh, or the other month, my wife had a, a baby shower, and I was like helping move everything around, and you know, you know, uh, and I was sitting in the parking lot, like after I dropped her off, and just did it from my phone, threw a few lineups in in the parking lot. So uh, using the good. Sims tool, yeah. So yeah, with Wi-Fi on your phone now, you should be able to do everything anywhere. It shouldn't be that difficult. That's that's what I do. I just use the Wi-Fi on my phone and upload lineups and go into the game. And then, yeah, if I need to change things because somebody gets scratched, that it's such a rarity in NFL. You don't really have to worry about it. Yep. Uh, anyway, let's, uh, let's, let's look at running backs. Jeremy said it's ugly on the phone, but you can do it. Yeah. If you turn it in landscape mode though, everything pop, like it definitely still works. Uh, lineup generators optimized for mobile. So that's a little bit different. You can upload the CSV with that as well, but uh, okay, so Chandler, Taylor, White, Singletary, Pollard, 
but a lot of Chandler and, and Taylor right now. It makes sense to me, man. I, I get it. Trace amounts of Brees Hall, uh, decent amount of Singletary. I still think a lot of this changes once we get closer to Sunday, though. Yep, I, I agree. But there is no doubt that the Sims tool was going to love Chandler and Taylor, and they're my two favorite running backs this week. If you're playing cash, they're the first two guys you're clicking on. Even if Zach Moss ends up active, Jonathan Taylor practiced in full on a Wednesday. There's no way that he's not playing. There's no way he's not getting the majority of the snaps there. So uh, it is probably the easiest running back position as far as like, we have so many great opportunities to get there. So many great opportunities to get to the top end of the running back position. Going to be really, really fun uh, come Sunday to try to get contrarian there. And wouldn't you know it, Justin Jefferson right now, highest exposed wide receiver. But here's the Mm -hmm. difference between wide receiver and running back. It's a Thursday, guys. Things change. It's a lot flatter. If Jordan scrolls down, like, see, we still have Jaden Reed projected in because no one knows about him yet. But look how flat it is. Your boy Drake London at 20. Then a lot just in that 15 to 20% range. Ridley, even Mooney, uh, Hopkins, Tyreek Hill. I don't mind seeing that because it might only be nine games, but hell, it is a jam-packed wide receiver slate. And we don't even have injury news yet. Wait till injury news comes out. Yep. (laughs) I hope so because I don't want to play 30% DJ Montgomery. I was predicting the future here on this program. He's our second highest owned wide receiver right now. I didn't know who DJ Montgomery was until last week. So that's not ideal. And I do this for a living. So that's cool. Yeah, it's okay. That's all right. Doesn't, doesn't really matter. Now we'll wrap this one up. And by the way, appreciate you guys hanging with us. And if this is the last time we talk to you this week, if you're not with us tomorrow on the Sim strategy show, uh, if you're not on the deeper dive on Sunday, cause you're traveling uh, or not with us Monday, hope you guys have a, a wonderful Christmas. And I hope that, you reach out to Eric and tell him things are going to be okay. No, they're not. No, they're not. <laughs> they're really not. <laughs> they will, man. They will. Yeah. But uh, hopefully you guys join us for all the other shows. Check out everything we have on the Odd Shopper channel too. Eric's got picks coming out for all these games. I dropped all of mine for split them up for Saturday, Thursday, Sunday, Monday slate. So we got you covered across the board. I got a wild anytime touchdown prop from today's video as well. Highly suggest you check that one out. Maniacal laugh. A.T. Perry season? No, no, no. I'm not. I'm, Tutu Atwell. Of course it's Tutu Atwell. That's your boy. No, it's not. No, oh, it's not. Okay. No, it's not. You okay. will not guess. Anyway, uh, Kokomat, Hawkinson, Ferguson. Wait, how do we not have a ton of McBride? I don't know. I'm going to play a ton of McBride. That's for sure. See, like, I think this changes. Again, I think this changes. Yeah. And Trey McBride's been getting jammed by us every single week. Every so I week? have no idea. Every week I, we jam. We have 11%. No well, way, man. I will say there are more tight ends because of Njoku's role, because of some of these other True. guys that are between, you know, the same projection between 12 and 15 that we, we haven't necessarily had every single week. McBride also price keeps coming up because the guy is a monster. It is true. Anyway, you should follow Eric at Eric Lindquist on Twitter. I'm at Lafayette underscore D, L-O-U-G-H-Y underscore D. Um, hopefully we see you in Discord, man. Hopefully we see you utilizing these tools. 25% off. Great time to get involved. Love to see some screenshots uh, tonight on Saturday, on Sunday, on Monday. We'd love to see some big screenshots. So when Jordan and I do the Hall of Fame segment, we can be we can say, Merry fucking Christmas, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, sounds like I'm going to do that no matter what. So yay for me. Yeah, I just don't want to see your name in the headlines, dude. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, in the headlines for winning 200K tonight, I'll take that. That's fine. There I'm you talking go. about 
some more sinister things. Don't <laughs> the sticky bandits. Ah, oh, no. I love you, brother. Have a good uh, th- Merry Christmas if I don't see you. You too, my dude. And shout out to Jordan Klein for producing this one as always. Later, guys. <laughs>